Hello everyone and welcome back to the In The Saddle podcast. We're trying something a little bit different tonight. You might be able to see our faces if you're watching us on YouTube. But for this week's uh, podcast, we are going to be previewing the ITV action at Ascot, Haydock and also as well we'll be taking in the Kingwell hurdle at Wincanton. Before we get into the racing though, let's see how everyone is. Uh, Katie, Liz, how are things with you? Um, have you recovered from the Dublin Racing Festival? Yes. No. What? No. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I um. I came home pretty poorly from there, and it wasn't just a very long hangover for anyone make, wanting to make a comment. Um, I actually came out of it with the chest infection, so I've been on antibiotics for a while. Uh, knocked me out for about a week, but um, I'm a lot better now. So that's the main thing. But uh, we had a obviously me and Katie went together um over to leopardstown um had um an absolute whirl of a time um and yeah the racing was pretty good too <laughs> uh, yeah, good to hear it time that's for sure <laughs> no it was good it was very good like it was nice to see galloping the shrub state man a lot of the novice hurdlers novice chasers it was really good and dublin's always a nice place to visit so no we did have a great time didn't we we did watch the rugby in Ireland, yeah. the Irish were playing, so it was yeah. good. We're pla- we were planning our next trip of where that might be. Yeah, probably yeah, the Galway we'll Festival, won't it? Go go back again. That's got to be on the list again. That was that was great fun last year. That's a must visit, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I still try need to get there before then. Yeah. I still need to go to Ireland. It's still on my bucket list, but. I recently got engaged, so maybe we might have my stag in Ireland. Who, who knows? Maybe we'll go to an Irish race meeting or something. That would definitely be a bit of fun. But anyway, enough of that. Let's get into the racing. And the first race we're going to look at uh, on the podcast this week is the 150 at Ascot. It's the Sodexo Live, Reynolds Town, Novices Chase. It's a grade two. And Apple Away is your favourite at six to four. We've then got Kilbear King next in the betting at three to one. Brave Kingdom, four to one. Henry's friend eights, and the outsider of the race is the King of Ryhope at twenty-five to one. Liz, I'll come to you here first. Apple away, um, got a bit of a big reputation, hasn't she? Um, but I think she would need to improve again to take this. Do you think she's the one they've all got to beat? Um, I think so. Obviously, there's only five runners, um, and she was seen last seen. Last month, um, obviously second behind Grey Dawning. I'm a big Grey Dawning fan, I've decided. Um, at Warwick by 14 lengths. Uh, Grey Dawning, obviously really impressive that day. Um, I think Apple Away may find the challenge coming from Brave Kingdom, who's who's looking for a four-timer. Um, however, I think with Apple Away's experience in the higher grade, she's not particularly ever run a bad race in her chasing career. Uh, preferring to keep up with the pace. Um, I think the ground will suit, um, and I do actually think she'll be hard to beat here. It looks like it's a bit of an ambitious uh, plan by Lucinda Russell. Katie, are you in agreement with Apple Away, or do you think she could be vulnerable? I think she's probably the one to beat. She's been running well behind Grey Dawning, and at Haydock, she, she did jump badly. She, I just expected a bit more from her, especially looking back on her hurling form like the win at Sefton at Aintree is worked out very well. And Maximilian was in second that day. He previously won the River Don. Unfortunately, he's out injured this season, but I think he would have made a real marker on the novice chase division. 
Hiroka was in third stay away fair and fourth. There were some good horses down the field as well there. I kind of expected more from her. And, you know, at Leicester, she was able to win well. But I think making your mind up, who has franked the form since, he probably maybe exerted himself a bit too much trying to make all on heavy ground that day. And and he finished very tired. And I think everything kind of played into Apple Away's hands there. I think she's the one to beat, but I think she's short enough. I'd probably rather take her on. I think Brave Kingdom has got a good chance. That form when he had to outbattle Theatre Man um, before pulling clear from him, um, the form's been franked with Theatre Man and then finishing second to Ginny's Destiny at Cheltenham. I think probably going to have to find a little bit more here to beat Apple away. Um, but I'd say he would be a danger. The one I've come down on is Kilbeg King, though. I think that third behind Illis Francais and Hermes Alain in the quarter of Stan Novice's chase at Kempton was a really good form. He was the last of the challengers off the bridle, really travelling strongly, coming around that home turn and jumped well overall too. And he had the option of running in the handicap on this card, but Connections have opted um, to send him here to go for grade two glory. So... I think he's probably the one that I'd side with at the prices at least. Um, but I, I do think he has to improve a little bit more maybe to beat Apple away if she is at her best. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you, Katie. I thought Kilberg King, I had a really good chance. He's probably one of my strongest fancies this weekend. Um, as you say, he was a real big eye-catcher, I thought, at Kempton in the quarter star. Probably a track that wouldn't suit him as well. So I do think the stiffer nature of Ascot will uh, play to his strengths. And it's interesting as well, he's got an entry in the National Hunt chase. He's run about 14 for one for the race at the moment. And Anthony Honeyball went the same way a few years ago with a horse called Miss Parfois, Miss if I can pronounce her. I really fancied her in the National Hunt chase. She finished second in the Reynolds Town before going on to the National Hunt chase. She just got chinned by Rafa Vinden, you might remember, going back in 2018. And I just think he, he could take a similar route with Kilbeg King here. Could get someone maybe like Will Biddock to ride on the day. But I think, um, yeah, I'm hoping for a good run from him. And yeah, I just think Ascot would be more up his street and uh three to one i'll probably side with him so i'm gonna be uh crossing my fingers and toes that Kilberg king can get the job because uh, i said i was saying to katie earlier i do fancy him to, to run a big race in the national hunt chase but we'll probably talk more about that um on cheltenham podcasts um coming up anyway so we're going to move on to the next race which is the 225 which is the thoroughbred industry employee awards handicap hurdle at ascot rare edition is your favorite 11 to 2 Bad at 7 to 1, Monvoyeur at 8, Rambo T at 8, uh, Irish Hill at 9, Teddy Blue 11s, Highland 12s, and bigger are the rest. Katie, I know we were talking earlier today about Rare Edition, uh, a horse that you quite like. Um, do you think he's going to get another win under his belt here? Yeah, I really fancy him for this race. Uh, it was a good win for him at Kempton. He stayed on well, pulled clear of the field. Francham was rallying late on there, but I think Rare Edition had plenty left in the tank. And he was given £18 away to the second and third there. Uh, he's now £3 up to a mark of 139. I think that's still fairly lenient. He started life really well over hurdles. He was three from three before he stepped into listed company and was beaten by Marble Sands. But that horse went on to finish a decent fifth in the Ballymore and then finished sixth in the Sefton, which is fairly decent form. He then went to the Supreme... At the top novice's chase at Aintree, he didn't feature really in either. He, he just couldn't mount a challenge, but he was up against some high-class opposition, and, and I think he's forgiven that race. He probably just isn't up to that level. 
off a mark of 139 here if you consider the fact that he beat Rubod by seven lengths last season and Rubod is now on a mark of 149 because he went to the Dove Cut at Kempton and then the Scottish champion hurdle that year instead of the races that Rare Edition went to. I don't think that Rare Edition has really had that chance to be higher rated than he currently is. So I think he could be well in off this mark and I really, really fancy him. And I backed him anti-post for this race at eight to one. And I think he's now, is it 11 to two or so? Um, the best price at 11 to two. I think he'll shorten even further. Um, I think he's got a really good chance. Yeah, I can definitely see he's one of those horses that punters will probably want to be siding with. Are you in agreement, Liz? It is a bit of a mystery for me, to be quite honest. Um, and it's quite a big field. Um, and Dan Skelton's Lemilos is an interesting contender off of top weight. Um, second time back over hurdles after chasing last season. Um, and also um, takes quite a big step back down in trip. Um, he actually came 10th in the Grand National. So to turn up hurdling and only over two mile three, just ca caught my eye a little bit at a bigger price. Um, Irish Hill um, hasn't won since last February. And I just think his mark could be quite handy now. Um, now lower for his second to Rambo T in December. Um, Irish Hill that day carried £4 more. Um, and now with Freddie Gingell on board claiming 5 it'll be £12 lower. So I think the tables could definitely take a turn there. Um, and that is what I'm probably expecting to happen. So um, the beautiful grey, that is Irish Hill. Yeah, um... And Irish Hill won this last year, didn't he? Yes, he did. And he beat... Zoffy Bay. Do you know who he beat? Zoffany Bay. Oh, you're Zoffany Bay. Bay. <laughs> yeah, well, we are. Me and Liz are going to be committing daylight robbery on you, Katie, because we know that you like Irish Hill. Uh, I, I know you've backed him many times, and I'm in agreement with Liz here. Um, I just think that's. That mark now is a very standout. One, two, five. Freddie Gingell as well, claiming a handy five pounds. I think the ground is quite key to him. Um, I'm hoping that they're not going to get too much rain at Ascot. Um, I think they should be okay. Um, and if it does continue to dry out, I just think he's a bit of a big price here. And I can only see him going well. So for me, I'm going to join Liz and go with Irish Hill. It seems like I'm copying the girls tonight, just uh, covering uh, both bases. I don't want to put their noses out at the joint but uh, yeah I think he's got a really good chance Irish Hill so that's our thoughts then on the 225 we then move on to the injured jockeys fund ambassadors program Swinley Chase um, Victoriano is your favourite 72 for Venetia Williams we then got 3 under 3 5 at 4 to 1 Ironbridge at 5 Shamblue 7s Rebels Hill 17 to 2 do your job 11s Larry one of my old favourite 12s and bigger are the rest Liz I'll come to you here first I thought this was probably the trickiest race we were dealing with on the podcast tonight I don't know if you thought the same um yeah it is a tricky one I see Iron Bridge has also got an entry in at the 315 at Haydock um as well so maybe it might not turn up um but three under three five keeps hitting the woodwork last two races he's finished second uh last time to broadway boy at cheltenham um he, he just seemed to hang left a bit under pressure he was only beaten one and a quarter length so not a million miles away uh victorino didn't show up at all last time out last month 
um, didn't really seem that interested. Uh, that there was no explanation as to why he ran so poorly. So perhaps he was just having an off day. Um, he's got a hundred percent strike rate at Ascot. He's run two, one, two. He's one on good and he's one on soft. Um, so I think you can forgive uh, his Cheltenham run uh, and with a bit more fluency on the way he jumps, I think that he will be the likely winner. Um, but maybe a squeak also for Sham Blue, who ran well in December at Ascot, third by just three quarters of a length after twice showing nothing this season. He's been pulled up twice. He was all the rage a few years ago, uh, just hasn't found his rhythm since. So um, maybe he could surprise at slightly bigger odds. Yeah, that was the way I was thinking. Sham Blue seems like I'm copying you again. Um, I just think he's come down to a good mark now. One four three was a bit of an eye catcher last time out. Um, Ascot behind triple trade and that form has worked out alright actually because Harper's Brook uh, finally got his head in front a couple of weeks ago at Sandown and even if you go back to his run a couple of years ago when he was in a handicap at Aintree he was finishing second behind Sam Brown okay he was well beaten but um, he's still £5 lower than that mark and I just think there is probably one more day to come from him and I just think he could be it and Skelton's yeah, even though they were a bit quiet in the last week or so, the, the last few days, they have been having a few more winners. So I do think Sham Blue, uh, yeah, I think it's 7-1. I think he's a good each way bet there. Do we think Sham Blue could bounce back and get his head in front here, Katie? No. <laughs> I don't. I could. Um, I could. Maybe, but I, I'm not siding with him. Victorino will improve for being back at Ascot and back up in trip as well. He was running over two and a half at Cheltenham. Maybe it didn't suit him. I think you probably expect him to run a bit better than he did. But um, I think we can see him improve this time. The yard are a bit quiet, though, and that would be a slight worry for me. Three under three five. I love this horse, but I, I don't think he can win off one five two. I, I think the handicap mark is stiff enough. And it's just a shame in a way that he keeps running well. He's so consistent. His mark never goes down low enough for him to actually get his head in front. He always seems to bump into one that's better handicapped than him. Rebels Hill has never won first time out. I think he could possibly improve for the run, although he'll probably be there or thereabouts. I really have a strong fancy in this one, and it's the outside of the field. It's Rapper at 25 to 1. He's actually been supported today a little bit. He was 40s this morning. He runs really well at this time of year and this better ground at Ascot will suit him. I, I don't think there's too much rain about, so hopefully it's good to soft, not much worse than that. Um, but if you look at his form, his last four runs, he's been pulled up three times and that that's not the, the best stat that you want, but all of those runs have been on soft ground and maybe he's had some other excuses as well. He was withdrawn twice in December um, on heavy ground and I just think that this time of year, it, it really suits him. Before this season, he had a 50% strike rate um, around the winter months. And with that in mind, and the fact that Henry Daly won this race two years ago with Fortescue, he just really stands out to me. He's off his last winning mark of 137 as well when he won at Cheltenham last year. I think he's a massive each-way player in this, and he's actually one of my stronger fancies of the day. Fair enough. Yeah, I can see your argument for him on some of his old form. You'd probably be pleased to see that Henry Daly actually had a big price winner today. Brettany at Sandown 
that went off 16 to 1. So, yeah, maybe the, you'll have another on Saturday. Yeah, maybe the odd coming into a little bit of form, big price. Yeah, why not? Rapper is for Katie. We're now going to move on to the feature race um, at Ascot for the weird time. That's the 336. It's the Betfair Ascot chase. Uh, only four you runners. don't like that, do you, Liz? No, I feel allergic to it. It's like dog racing, isn't it? Dog racing yeah. are always really random times. But I don't understand in, like, all the other races start at, well, either on the on the hour or they have a whole number at the end. Why they have to do 336? Why not 335? Anyway, <laughs> that's the weirdest gripe I've ever got about racing. <laughs> right, yeah. Let's let's get just get on to the, we know who's running before. So the listeners know who's running before we get our teeth stuck into it. Um, yeah, so we've only got the four runners, but an intriguing little puzzle. Uh, Press A is your favourite. Odds on at 8 to 11. We then got Pick Dorian at 9 to 4. Ahoy Senor at 11 to 2. And Sail Away the Outsider at 50 to 1. Katie, I didn't fancy Lompresse here. I just thought he might bounce after that run at Lingfield last time out and I'm I'm a little bit concerned about him going this way round even though he has won over course and distance I, I didn't think he, it was no gimme for him I think he's the one to beat and I think he will run really well but there's one in here that I kind of feel like I have to stick with rather than being so keen to take Lampresse on I'm just really hoping that another horse wins and that's a Hoy Senor because I thought he ran really well in the Cotswold chase when he finished fourth. It was a much better jumping performance from him. He's never going to be a horse that's foot perfect over his fences, but he can often make a mistake that just ruins his chances completely. And he didn't do that last time around. And I thought it was a very promising run. It was just a shame that Stephen Mulqueen lost his stirrup at the fourth last, I think it was, because he was travelling really well. And... I'm not sure he would have beaten Capadano because he looked really good that day, but I think he would have been second or third and much closer um, than he was in the end. So hopefully he can improve on that and build on it and run a big race again here. He hasn't won a grade one in open company yet, so I'd really love to see him do it because he has plenty of doubters, but I have a lot of belief in this horse. And if he puts everything together and, and on a going day, he can win a race like this. So I'm going to be with Senor. Yeah, I, I agree with you from a price perspective. I think he's definitely the one to be with. Uh, I His think... value as well. And if he gets a nice lead out in front, gets into a good rhythm, he could be very difficult to pass. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's the thing with him. As long as he get, can not make any errors, he would have a good chance. The only thing I would be slightly concerned about is him maybe going this way round. I just remember when he ran at Kempton in the past. He seemed to hate hate it there, and I always thought he was better going left handed. So that would just be a be a slight concern. But I think from the price, it is a concern. Yeah. But as well, you're taking that with the price, aren't you? Yeah, it's eleven to two in a four runner field. I think he'll probably go off about seven to two. I think I think there'll be money for him on the day. I think. I think a lot of people want to side side with him, and I could see maybe Lompresse maybe drifting out. Maybe you might get. I think he could maybe go off about eleven to eight, six to four in the end. I think he'll be probably quite weak on the day. Uh, that that's my feeling of, of the race. How about you though, Liz? How did you see this one? 
funnily enough, I was I was thinking about Ahoy Senor earlier, and it of course it would be good to see him back to winning ways. But I was talking to somebody the other day about him, and I and I said that where does his career go if he doesn't do something soon? Um, granted, he was actually very unlucky last time out. Like Katie said, the stirrup leather broke, and you haven't really got much hope after something like that, have you? But um, he, yeah, it's it'd be good. It would be great to see him win. Um, but I against Long Press, I can't. I can't see it to be honest. Um, I think Long Press last month at Lingfield was a joy to watch. Um, we need to probably forget his unseat at Kempton in December. Um, he is very short uh, and not one that I'd maybe look to take a bet on. Um, but I, I will in, I will enjoy long press win, um, and I think that is what is going to happen. Um, yeah. But if Ahoy Senor turns up and wins, then I, I'd be delighted to see that as well. Yeah, they definitely had a good little rivalry in their novice days. Obviously, long press they came out on top of Cheltenham, and then Ahoy Senor got his revenge at his beloved Aintree. So yeah, it'd be great to see him. I have. think if you. Round, I would be less likely to take Lauren Presse on. But I think with the ground the way it is going to be, it just makes me think that Hoy Senior could win a big race. Yeah, I, 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 I'm in agreement with you. I do think think he'll go close. But yeah, probably pick Dory will win now because we didn't mention him. So yeah, just uh, covering all the market principles there. So yeah, pick Dory probably will win the uh, the Betfair Ascot chase. Anyway, we're going to go on to Haydock now. Um, for the 240, for the Virgin Bet, Rendlesham Hurdle, so Grade 2 over 3 miles. Botox has is your 9-4 favourite. We've then got Butch next in at 5-2, to two. Red Risk at 7-2, Sounds Rush on a Horse, I've got a lot of time for, at 11-2, Wakul 20-1, and Martha Bray, the Outsider, 25-1. to one. Liz, uh, I'll come to you here first. I thought this was really hard to work out, but in the end, I think I just sided with Botox has because... I just think he's got the best form, and even the likes of Birch has got a load of ones next to his name. He's got to improve a bit to, to take this. Um, what do you think on this one? Exactly the same, and I thought of you, actually, when I saw Sam's Russian was declared, obviously back on his seasonal debut, and it's weirdly over hurdles. Um, he's been chasing since 2021, um, and this is will be his first hurdle race since his maiden hurdle effort in October 2021. So um, I've not seen since being uh, not bit, yes sorry I was just going to say not been seen since since being brought down by Ahoy Senor funnily enough that we yeah. were just talking about in the Gold Cup in March um, so it's it's an odd one that uh, maybe he's just coming around for, um, for a bit of scenery um, but I was going to say Botox has is too short but when you look at it is he actually up against anything? Uh, maybe Red Risk could turn the tables after they last met in November um, with Botox has just winning just by length. Um, but it's not a race I'm perhaps completely enthralled by, to be honest, um, and I'm probably likely to sit it out. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I, I'm probably going to agree with you there. How about you, Katie? I know there is one in here that you do like. Yeah, it's my nap of the day, Botox has. I love him. I just love him and he's he's been up against it the last twice he's been running against Paisley Park and Prambo and those kinds of horses and 
he's not quite up to that level. And I, I don't really think that Cheltenham is his track either. When he was running in the Cleaver Hurdle, I think he ran well for a long way. He made a mistake, I think, third, third last or fourth last and lost a little bit of momentum. But he did get back into a rhythm. He was just outclassed in the finish. But I think this is much calmer waters. And back at Haydock is a massive plus as well. And softer ground. I think will really suit him. He's a winner, <laughs> and I just think he's going to take all of the beating. So he's my lap of the day, and I really hope he returns to winning ways. Yeah, I hope he does for you. He's one of those horses that I can just never get right. Like I remember when he was a juvenile harder, and I I was getting him right then, but then afterwards I just lost the plot with him. Every time I put him up, he would always get stuffed, and then when I didn't fancy him, he'd often. Come and win. I just think he's probably one of the most hardest horses to predict in training. I really do. I, I, I just, I, I just think he's one of those horses that we know he's capable of running really well, but he does throw in the odd stinker, and a, I mean a proper stinker when you think he does have things. In yeah, but his if favor. you look at the form, like you're talking about last season, a lot of it was at Cheltenham where he was beaten. He won at Haydock. He, he's won at Weatherby then. I just, I just think Haydock really suits him, and at Cheltenham, I'd, I'd be a, a little bit cautious about and doubtful about him, but I think at Haydock he will love it, and he'll love this ground too. Yeah, but going just going back to your point on Cheltenham there, that it's something that I, like I say, but like I remember seeing him when he won as a juvenile at Cheltenham, and then even then, like he still ran really well. He he won. Again at Cheltenham, he's placed in handicaps there in the past. So it's a track that he had had good format in the past. I just think as he's got older, I think he's not necessarily been been that easy to work out. But as you say, he's got everything in his favour here. And um, you would be disappointed if, if he didn't take this. But yeah, he's just always like, I can never get right. So maybe I should just swerve, swerve him and tip something else so, so, yeah. he, so he can win for you. Yeah, I'll leave him on Saturday so he can win, please. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, I'll, I'll go for, for Butch. You know, he's got one next to his name. Looks like he's got a good chance. But anyway, we'll, we'll move on from, from the Rendlesham. We're now going to go on to Haydock's feature race on the card, which is the Virgin Bet Grand National Trial Handicap Chase. Iron Bridge is your favourite at 11-2. We've then got Famous Bridge at 6-1 in the same colours. Uh, my Silver Lining is also 6-1. Credo 7s. I Will Do It 7s. Snipe 8-1 along with Yeah Man. And Bigger are the rest. Katie, again, this is a bit of a tricky puzzle to solve. Iron Bridge is a, is a horse I kind of want to be taking on. Um, I'm, just not, I'm just not convinced about him. I think he's got more of a, a reputation he's got more of a bigger reputation than what he's actually shown so far. What do you think of his chances? Well, it's nice to see the Trevor Hemmings colours at the top of the market here with the two of them. Ironbridge and Famous Bridge. Trevor Hemmings, to me, is just all of my Grand National memories growing up. Like, Headhunter was my first ever memory of racing. And then Manny Clouds and Valor Briggs, of course. But I think both of them have a good chance in here, Ironbridge and Famous Bridge, but I've just sided with Famous Bridge because I thought that the tenacity that he showed when he beat Burroughs Diamond to win the Tommy Whittle here, he was, it looked unlikely at one stage, a couple of stages in the race actually, but especially later on, he had a few lengths to make up on, on Burroughs Diamond and then once he got past him, Burroughs Diamond kind of renewed his effort and, and got back to his girth. 
but it was then as if Famous Bridge just found a second wind and a burst of speed to get away from him. And that was on heavy ground. I think the step up and trip here, a marathon trip, heavy ground, it's going to be really testing. And I think it's just going to suit Famous Bridge. I think he has that bit of determination in him um, that can that can see him get the win. And also, Nicky Richards is two from three at Haydock this season as well. So I'd be hoping that his good form can continue. And I'm definitely siding with Famous Bridge. I think he's got a very good chance. Fair enough. Famous Bridge it is. For Katie, how about you, Liz? I was going to say, we've got Iron Bridge, Famous Bridge, um, all the bridges turning up. Um, obviously, when I say all the bridges, just two. Um, <laughs> but there's 11 runners, so I think you can have a look at the each way market for quite a few of these. Um, but I will look to back um, Gavin Cromwell's Yeah Man, because I backed him last time in December where he flew home and he couldn't quite get there uh, against Victorino. Um, but that was over three miles, so a step up in trip could be what he's after. Uh, that being said, he seemed to show little interest in running. Uh, if you see him in that race, he's out the back somewhere, just minding his own business uh, and without a care in the world. Um, uh, and uh, the, the furthest he's been is over three mile two, um, and he finished second. Um, so, yeah, I think the step up in trip would be appreciated. Ground will suit. He's got first-time cheap pieces. The last time I checked, he was nines. Um, so, yeah, man on the each way. Yeah, he's just been clipped in a point. He's 8-1 to one, uh, on my screen here. So, yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. I'm just going to go for I will do it. I know I was crabbing Nine Bridge a little bit, and he did beat um, I will do it at Chepstow. But I just think Sam Thomas's horses are in a little bit better form now, and he's definitely going to stay. He's a Welsh national winner. He's a classic uh, handicap chase winner. He's around about the 7-1 mark. Dylan Johnston, who rode him that day in the Welsh nationals, but again... I've been quite impressed with him, actually. I've watched him a few times over the last few weeks, and I remember he had a really good day at Leicester, I think, for Ollie Murphy. Um, so I do think he's a conditional jockey you want to keep on side, and he's going to love heavy ground. He's going to stay all day. It would obviously be a tough task for him to carry such a big weight, but I just have question marks over some of the others, and I think with Dylan Johnson coming back for the ride, I think that says a lot. So for me... At seven to one, he might not be good enough to win, but I could definitely see him being in the first three, and I wouldn't put you off if you wanted to back him each way. So I'm going to go with, I will do it. We're now going to go on to the feature race at Wincanton, uh, which is a two o five, for the Jennings bet. Kingwell hurdles a Grade Two, and Colonel Mustard is vying for favouritism with Rubo at five to two at the top of the market. We then got the Nemean Lion at uh, seven to two, Goshen seven to one, along with Guide Your Dreams. They are the outsider. Of the field. Um, Liz, I'll come to you here first. Again, it's quite a, a trappy little race. You can make cases for all of them on some of their best form. And it's just up by the outsiders being 7-1. to one. Um, Did you like anything in here? Yeah, so I was laughing at Goshen's got... They've decided to stick a pair of blinkers on Goshen. Um, and I just don't know what effect that's going to have. Because uh, he's just a horse that makes me laugh. Uh, a lot of the wrong reasons <laughs> but he is a character and that's why we love racing um and no one's ever going to forget that giant hurdle in a while uh, or ever um but i think Ruboard uh fourth uh in the unibet hurdle behind lozzy mouth love envoi 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 
however you want to say it, uh, first street. And obviously he came second behind Constitution Hill in December. I think he's just come up against some really good horses. Um, and he's won at Wincanton before. Um, and maybe I think this is his time. Okay, that's uh, Liz's uh, thoughts on the Kingwell. How about you, Katie? I'd be between Colonel Mustard and Guard Your Dreams, and I'd just side with Guard Your Dreams, who is a grade two winner. He beat Song for Someone in the International Hurdle a few seasons ago. I think his return to action last time out was pleasing enough um, in the Unibet Hurdle with behind Lossy Mouth. I think the four of them in behind, they kind of finished close enough to each other beaten around three lengths by Love MY in the end, wasn't too far behind Rubod, a length and a half. Um, I think he'll come on plenty for that run and he'll cope with softer ground as well. I think he's been overlooked. He's seven to one, I'm seeing. He received six pounds from Groshan and Rubod receives three pounds from Manemi and Lion. I'd be quite happy to take that seven to one about him and, and hope that he can build on his reappearance and, and run a big race. Okay, Katie's going to go then for Guard Your Dreams. I quite liked Nami and Lion. Um, obviously, he needs to probably improve again to to take this, but he's a horse that's been guiding in the, the right direction. Uh, he won the Welsh Champion Hurdle. He finished fifth in the Great Wood off a big weight. That performance works out really well with the likes of Erebeco Lords and Gino, Lucia, all in there. So a lot of it's pretty good for him. He didn't run too badly over two and a half miles last time out in the Lanzarote. He's back down in trip. I just think there could be a bit of a pace battle in here. The likes of Rubo, Goshen could just set it up for a closer and it might just turn into a test of stamina over the trip and I could see Neiman Lyon come in there quite strongly and maybe picking up the pieces. So for me, that's the way I was seeing it. But again, you could probably make cases for all of them on, on their best form. So a bit of a tricky race to solve there at Wincampton. But um, that's all we've got time for this week on the podcast. Uh, thanks again to... Uh, Casey and Liz for giving up their time hopefully we've found you some winners this weekend you can subscribe to us here on our YouTube channel at In The Saddle Pod you can follow us on all the major podcast platforms as well Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple if that is your uh, way of listening to us uh, follow us on social media as well we're on Twitter and Instagram please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon